this is Ruin Willow with the, oh, fuck yeah, with Ruin Willow podcast. I'm excited you're here today. I have an exciting thing to share with you, an audiobook excerpt that I narrated on my podcast. I talk about all things related to sexuality, sexual health, including fantasies and erotica, talking to experts, people in the field of sexual health and sexuality, Anything and everything to do with sex and erotica authors like myself. If you're under 18, it is time to leave the podcast now. This is not for you. Not yet, baby. You may come back at a later time when you are older. This is for adults only. Now, this podcast episode is near and dear to my heart. Here's the name of the story, and what's really, really great about this story is that the author, Benson E. Wolf and I, are both donating proceeds of the sale of this book to charities. Okay, this is called Before the Snowfall, Quinn Turns Off Her Red Light. Before the Snowstorm, Prequels and Shorts, Book One. And I'm going to read the blurb for you so that you know a little bit more about what this is about. Quinn's red light is on, and her job is to wrap Shakespeare in the steamy shadow she casts from it. But sometimes shadows waver. To understand what Shakespeare truly needs from her, she'll need to take down both of his pen names, find out. She could blind him by her light of her explicit nature. But if she turns off her red light, could they both find the solitude to feel the hole in the dark? Shakespeare is a new widower and is away from his family for the first time since his wife's death. Coincidentally, a serious acquaintance that doesn't know he is her favorite author lives close to where he is staying for the last night of his trip. He doesn't care about her nightly profession. If he's going to give someone money... He would rather give it to someone he likes and knows about. Two people, a lonely night in Atlanta. What will happen when the lights go off? A tale of love, but for who and who for? For just one night without looking into the future. This story uses the word daddy as a term of endearment and contains themes of a spicy nature that takes place nine years before the events of Snowfall, which is also a book that Benson has written and I have read. It's amazing. You should get it. (laughs) Okay, so this grew out of the Twitter person who does Confess to Aubrey, which is a space dedicated to anonymous confessions every Friday curated by Aubrey Andrews. This story is one where the man wrote in the confession about paying a woman from Twitter for sex after the death of his wife. So he's a widower, and what was so moving for him, and the sex was great, was, but what was really moving for him was that she held him after sex, and he talked about his late wife. Aubrey will have everyone vote on the confessions, and the winning one, someone is asked to write a story about that particular confession. And Benson wrote this story, and then it was quite popular. It made a a big dent, and it was something that moved people. And so he created it into a story because it matched his character for his Snowfall book. So the two charities that we are donating to are Urban Justice, swp.org. 
urbanjustice.org for the Sex Worker Project and movember.org for men's mental health advocacy. And those two were important for him. He chose them and I I agreed to go along and, and donate my proceeds as a narrator from the sale of the book to these charities because it's just important to us. And we both feel that there needs to be more help out there and people are suffering. And this is a way to help that we can both do. We're both creators, we're both authors, and and I'm a narrator. So it was important. So let's get to the excerpt. Are you ready? This is really sexy. And I hope that you get this book on Amazon. I will put it down in the podcast notes. So it's in Kindle, an ebook, it's in paperback, and it's an audiobook, also on Audible. So get this book and help us support these charities. And you can get a sexy listen. I had so much fun playing these characters, especially Quinn. I really had a blast. I just had so much fun so much fun to act out these characters and I just really enjoyed it. So I hope that you enjoy this and I hope you pick up the book. Before the snowfall, Wynne turns off her red light. Excerpts in the Life of a Snowstorm. Written by Benson E. Wolf, Narrated by Ruin Willow. Airport Marriott in Atlanta, Georgia, nine years ago. I think my older brother needs to get a little laid when he's in Georgia. Some southern hospitality could do you good. What his little brother John said kept echoing in his head, and he hated to admit it. John was probably right in this case. This was the last stop on the college tour. His publishing contract required a certain amount of college stops per tour, plus personal appearances for each book. And this was the last one for Reese, Rest in Peace. The stops themselves were basically fans telling him they hated the ending. And how could he end the book that way? The outrage at this stop in Georgia will seal the retirement of his pen name, Devin Byrne. Besides, he hated getting into the pen name's costume. For one, he hated the contacts that changed his eye color from brown to blue. For another, it required shaving his head completely, along with having to bleach and dye his beard ginger. Even though he left those things to the professionals, he always had to completely shave off his beard before he got home. The coloring, combined with the shaved head, gave his two young children nightmares. Are you telling me there isn't one Southern Belle that doesn't want to get into your author's pants? The thoughts of what his brother John was saying kept the drunken slur. John had turned 21 two weeks ago. Every day he focused on getting shit-faced because of a mixture of stress from finals and the fact he couldn't come to Georgia to be Devin Burns' assistant and get laid like he did in the past. It had been over six months, though. Maybe his little brother had a point. His personal phone chirped a notification and saw it was a direct message to his Twitter account. At Harley Quint. Are you actually in Georgia right now? 
at Devin Burnward. Yes, why? It was in response to a post he'd made joking that he was snorting coke at the Coca-Cola bottling plant in Atlanta. Quinn was on a Reese No Peace fan forum he watched, where no one knew he was the author. He engaged a little with the forum, but Quinn's post showed she was the proper type of troll that you knew she was secretly a fan because of her knowledge. She mostly poked fun at people who took it too seriously. When she was the only one that said she liked the ending, even his publishers hated it, he started talking to her in private, not telling her he was the author, but the father and blogger he now was. His real name wasn't on his blog. At Harley Quint, I'm in Georgia. Why didn't you tell me you were coming to Georgia? Why are you actually in Georgia anyway? At Devin Burnward, The reason I'm in Georgia, I can't say due to an NDA. That sounded good enough to cover his tracks. At Devin Burnward, I also don't shout to the internet my travel itinerary. Besides, I didn't know you were in Georgia. I thought you lived in Florida. At Harley Quint, No, I'm from Florida. But you're right, I never specified where I live, so don't tell anyone. I have a local name and an online name for my work. It would have been nice to see you, anyway. I'm in Moro. If I'd known, I would have made my way up. He could best describe his relationship with Quinn as a serious acquaintance. She sold pictures and other services on the internet. When life became too much... He sent her money for the virtual girlfriend experience. Not for sex or getting off, but for the love you can't get from family. She was a talented actress in that regard. It also helped she had a resemblance to a youthful version of... At Devin Burnward. If you are available, I'm at the Marriott at the airport. I can order us a late dinner. Also, if I could be a little forward... It would be nice to have companionship for the night. At Harley Quint. Companionship? Whatever do you mean? At Devin Burnward. At least my little brother says I need it. Can you save me the embarrassment of spelling it out? It isn't something I'm asking lightly. He waited for her response. It might be the first time she took her time responding to him if she didn't respond. He might go down to the hotel bar, if he was that desperate, but would probably go back home with no social call. He assumed his request was the last time he'd talk to her when she didn't respond for ten minutes. But his phone chirped. At Harley Quint. It is too late for me to just come up for dinner. Look, you're a nice guy. I don't do this for free, but services like that are a job if I'm not dating you. You understand? He did. At Devin Burnward. I never said I wouldn't pay if that is the issue. I would rather pay someone I know and like than a stranger at the bar. I'd probably get arrested because I've never done that. If you're okay with meeting a stranger you only know from the internet, I'd like a menu of your services if you have one. Do you wing it? I've never done this type of thing before.
He took a shower and put the envelope with the negotiated payment on the bathroom counter under the hotel's complimentary lotion and hand soap. When the knock came at the door, he tried to shake off nerves, hesitated briefly, and opened the door. On the other side of the name was the woman he met under her performer name, Harley Quint. But he called her Quinn, the times he needed to address her by name. This was the first time he saw her in perspective and had to point out the obvious immediately. You, my friend, are we. He knew she was short, but he didn't realize how short that was. He was easily a foot and a half taller than her. Her photos, however, did not exaggerate that her body was stacked in the right places. How do you survive in this line of work? Carefully, with verifications, background checks, and other safeguards. I might also point out that you didn't tell me you were going to be a jungle gym, the blonde said. Quinn spoke in a faint southern accent that you could barely notice. She jumped up, wrapping her arms around his neck to a hanging position. She pulled herself up and wrapped her legs around his waist. He held her up by grabbing her ass, and she planted a kiss on his cheek. I'm also not this informal with my clients. So I'm hoping you're not an axe murderer. Are you sure this is all you wanted me to wear? I've had something sexier just in case. It was cool for Atlanta, but it was warm for him. Quinn had dressed up as requested, jeans and a sweater over a collared shirt. She wore glasses that were for fashion, not prescription. She looked like a little hipster girl. He realized at that moment with her long blonde hair, she looked like the first time. No, that's fine. I'm not kidding about going to bed in a t-shirt and panties either. I am still getting dinner brought up first because I have eaten nothing today. Don't be polite and say you don't want to eat because I'll hate it if you just watch me eat. Put the screws to me, why don't you? She said, using a common phrase that Reese said in the books. After all, it was the books that had them talk to each other to begin with. I guess it comes with the package, after all. Speaking of the package, I want to freshen up a bit. You can order for me. Don't go overboard, but don't just order me a salad. She gave him a peck on his other cheek, and he put her down. Seriously, you should have told me you were that tall. This is going to be fun. He ordered a roast chicken dinner that the hotel restaurant was serving on special for both of them. The two of them kept it light, mostly talking about the books, why she was a troll, and she asked him about his blog and questions about his family, since they are a big part of his life through the grieving. Quinn had turned the conversation over to sex and asked about his experiences, but the first question he had was, How often do you see clients in person? She bit her bottom lip while she hesitated. Why? The cautious reaction wasn't something he expected. General curiosity, that is all. Maybe instead of the first book I ever write being about a hooker with a heart of gold, I'll make her a super spy in deep cover, and she has to be a full-time escort for it to work. That was a lie about the book. But 
It was just curiosity. Oh, I don't do this full time. Usually it is someone that saw one of my dating profiles and they knock me over with a price because they want sex. Then it gets weeded down further with other safeguards and prepaid money transfers. Again, you're different because you're the first to get a 75% off friends, not family discount, Daddy. He nearly choked on the lump of chicken he was swallowing and started coughing like crazy. Quinn jumped out of her seat and rushed over to the other side of the table. Are you okay? she asked, concerned. After a few small coughs and a gulp of water, he could talk again. Daddy? Quinn, look, I'm not into. <laughs> Relax. I mean nothing twisted by it, and still... With your beard and the fact that you really make me feel little? You make me feel like calling you a daddy, especially since I know you are an actual father. Since he was no longer acting like he was dying, she climbed onto his lap and made herself comfortable sitting across it. He was glad she didn't actually look like a little girl, but he still sighed in relief. Okay, that's fine. And Shakespeare? Really? I thought I'd at least learn your actual first name. You don't even have that on your blog, she teased. He shook his head and chuckled. <laughs> at least I don't have you call me WGXYD. I can also point out that I don't think your real name is Harley or Quinn. Quinn laughed. <laughs> point taken. She didn't confirm if he was correct about her names. He looked over at her plate. She didn't finish eating, but it looked like she smashed through a good portion of it. It was almost like she read his mind. No, Daddy, I'm not cleaning my plate. Whenever I eat out, I always leave some remaining. I like my curves, but it was hard losing the freshman 15. Are you done eating now that you almost died? Are you ready? He wasn't. He wanted to tell her that all he really needed was this, her in his lap being snuggly, but as she squirmed in his lap, his limbo poked its head out of the darkness for the first time in six and a half months. I didn't ask this earlier. Do you have any limitations? I'd like to get that out of the way now so it doesn't come up in the heat of the moment. Ah, oh, thank you for being considerate, sugar, she said. When Quinn used her words to play, her southern accent was more pronounced and emphasized with purpose. I don't do any bondage stuff, but I use the safe word, Hank. If something happens that makes either of us uncomfortable, so full stop, okay? He nodded and she continued, but softer. I wasn't kidding about no limitations for you and... Other ways. In fact, I got my test results back yesterday, so I know I'm clean. While I charged you for unprotected sex, I still prefer you pull out. That's up to you. Anything else? He felt himself getting red. He wasn't used to contact like this from an adult. Just what else I requested. G-F-E, full effect, like our virtual time. She cooed and then whispered into his ear. 
You are sweet, you big lug. There is nothing to be embarrassed about. Just let me handle everything. Go sit down on the bed. I need to get ready. Make sure you get some Georgia peach before you come back. He hated that his brother John was still in his head at this moment. Quinn's face was buried between his legs. The two of them didn't even take their clothes off. She just kissed him for a moment, and the next thing he knew, she unzipped him. His cock stood at attention through the hole in his boxers, waving proudly to the world. After she pulled his pants off, she started, and he had to grab the blankets because of her little kisses and bites on the inside of his thighs. It had been so long, and it was wonderful. Take off your shirt, Shakespeare, my love, she murmured, looking up at him. The kindness of her accent helped deepen the acted experience he requested, but he shook his head. These, you know I love it when you're... Hank, no, he said firmly. What part are you saying no about? Quinn said. She bit her lip again as she stroked his cock. The shirt request. Everything else is good. She nodded. He hadn't told her about the shirt before. As Quinn took him in her mouth, his brother's taunting was finally silenced. It had really had been too long. Quinn, I'm... But she made excited sounds as if she already knew. He was embarrassing himself, even though she told him the situation wasn't embarrassing. He wasn't used to being touched, kissed, and treated lovingly by someone in this way. But she remembered. Quinn pulled her mouth back enough so only the apex of his cockhead was in her mouth. She kept lapping at the slit as he exploded into her mouth, filling it up as she milked his cock with her hand. She squealed in pleasure. Every time he felt his cock throb with a new unexpected shot of cum in her mouth. All he could do was shout, Ah, ah. In primal surprise, each time his balls clenched to give her more from his body. She expertly swallowed every drop. Every muscle in his body went from being tense to feeling relaxed for the first time in years. Quinn climbed up the bed over his body, making a trail of kisses along the way. When she got to his chin and beard, she inhaled. Mm. <laughs> smoke and she inhaled again die did you did you actually die your beard <laughs> she laughed you are not actually using me to cheat on someone are you the question was ludicrous enough that he laughed too <laughs> no I'm not cheating on anyone, but yes, I dyed my beard. He attempted to change the topic. Your skills are amazing. Please, she said, trying to be humble. A room service waiter probably could have done it without long. You've been without someone touching you like this. 
But I don't think he could have handled the end result as classy as you did. Wynne blushed. He might have enjoyed making her blush more than getting off. I bet you say that to all the girls at blow you. He could only respond with a loud, Ha! Thank you for listening to this excerpt. I hope that you enjoyed it and you want to know more. And I hope that you will go to Amazon and purchase the book in ebook, paperback, or in audiobook, the audiobook I narrated. So go to check it out. I'm going to put the links down in the podcast notes so you can easily get to them and help us support these charities. So, so important. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have an amazing, sexy fucking day. Love ya.